We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. 97.1 FM Talk. Good morning and welcome back to Wiggins America. So, been looking forward to talking to Matt Rosenberg. He is on the phone now. He is author of the book, What's Next, Chicago? Notes of a Pissed-Off Native Son. And the reason, Matt, that uh, we're talking today is a little-known news item that has uh, has kind of gone under the cover of night. I, I live in Illinois myself, and I had not heard about this until it was brought to my attention. Mayor Lori Lightfoot has proposed that more than $31 million uh, as part of her 2022 budget will go to start a universal basic income package in the city of Chicago. Break that down for us. Well, they're getting the money from federal COVID relief funds from the Biden administration. Uh, It's not something that they've got an ongoing allocation for in coming years. So right there, for starters, not a very swift idea in terms of best fiscal practices. Um, then you get to the whole idea of UBI. Um, right now, it seems as if the country is already suffering from, frankly, too much financial aid that's been given out directly by the feds. And uh, places that need workers are having a, a very hard time finding them uh, because people are disincented to work. The only reason is not federal handouts. There are a number of things going on. You know, it's been kind of a a whole new environment for people. They're reevaluating their lives. And, and that, you know, is, is something I'm sympathetic toward. But uh, this fits with a pattern of increasing uh, payouts with really no strings attached uh, in the age of COVID. And, uh, you know, this is the time to be learning new skills and uh, finding really uh, a COVID-proof work future for yourself. Many people have that, the lucky remote workers, um, and we value our restaurant workers uh, for sure, and uh, retail workers, uh, no disrespect to them. Uh, We need them to run our stores and restaurants and shops, but it's not a super secure uh, economic life, so this might be the time to not take handouts, what if what if the money was repurposed instead for job training programs or tuition or scholarships? That would seem to make a lot more sense to me. But this is going on around the country, and L.A. is doing the same thing. So are some other cities. Uh, it's part of a, a broad pattern of progressive governance where, you know, the government is the daddy 
to everybody, and uh, I'm not sure I like that a whole lot. Yeah, no, that's a great point and, and, and well put. Matt Rosenberg is on the phone with, us, well, phone with us. He's author of What's Next Chicago, What Next Chicago, Notes of a Pissed-Off Native Son. So, yeah, you're, I mean, as I said, I'm an Illinois resident. I live downstate, though, and we're talking in St. Louis, uh, but a lot of Illinois listeners here, and so we have kind of a vested interest in what happens in Chicago because Chicago runs Illinois. So when I saw, oh my gosh, we're actually going to be having a universal basic income, at least in Chicago, yes, at right now, that won't impact too much of what the rest of Illinois is doing. But it worries me that looking down the line, that like you said, the major cities in the United States are implementing this. Well, the goal is not so that it stays just in that city. The goal is that people become dependent on it. And I'm assuming, Matt, you still live in Chicago now, right? I have come back. I lived here for 30 years. I came back last year for several months and moved back in to do field work on the south side. And then I came back again this fall when the book came out. But um, I live uh, and have lived for a number of years in Seattle, which... Uh, oh, boy, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just, wherever I go, trouble seems to follow, um, or or maybe that's just how it goes in big cities today, because if you look at New York, San Francisco, L.A., Philadelphia, uh, Chicago, Seattle, and Portland, which are a real eyeful when you uh, venture into the downtown, I'll tell you that uh, firsthand recent experience, um, there's a lot going on in our cities, and, uh, you know, I think this quote, from a Chicago alderman just uh, yesterday or the day before captures it. Uh, you know, the city council had just passed a 16 point something billion dollar budget for fiscal year 2022. Yeah, 16.7 billion. And the chair of the Progressive Caucus, uh, Alderman Sophia King, uh, and this is in a good publication called Block Club Chicago. Listen to this quote. She said, while we need to uh, prioritize more progressive structural revenue and direct these resources equitably, especially around racial redress, this is still a progressive budget. Now, there's a lot packed in there, but I'm picking out a few phrases. Number one, progressive structural revenue. Mm -hmm. Think about that one. Um directing resources equitably that gets you to the whole rhetoric around equity and then she says uh, especially around racial redress and she calls those progressive principles i mean there's an awful lot to chew on right there but just start with progressive structural revenue that means in this case you know uh, creating a program for it for which there is no ongoing funding um, but glomming on to federal handouts when they're being thrown around under special circumstances, and then quite possibly creating a funding burden, burden or expectation for the city that they'll have to go to taxpayers next year and the year after um, to fulfill again. So it's about creating expectations without the resources to back them up. The resources in the end are always taxpayers. And how progressive is it? Um, going back to what I was saying before, you know, I mean, teach a man to fish, right, rather than give him a fish. So, you know, there's there's a whole lot, too, when we when we talk about equity. The alderman here 
Sophia King talks about directing these resources equitably. The whole idea of equity is a huge part of the political rhetoric in the city of Chicago. It goes hand in hand with the rhetoric around uh, uh, systemic racism. Um, Nobody really wants to talk about academic achievement, parenting, about keeping control of the young men who are creating spiraling violent crime in Chicago that has reached a new and sort of terrifying level uh, this year and last year. Uh, So equity is not a door prize. That's my take. Equity is something you earn. It doesn't mean necessarily you've got equity in a business or a home, although those are great forms of equity. Equity means to me that you've taken ownership of your life plan. And that's something that too many people are scared to talk about in our big cities and in the state legislature. So handouts become a sort of shorthand form of of caring, uh, you know, from the government. And that's just not what we need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And especially uh, the only time we do talk about racial issues at all is when they are a front for other things. Like in this case, you know, you can say, well, this is a racial issue. Uh, so that if you oppose universal basic income, they can say, well, that's because you're a racist. And so then the argument ends there. Um, let me ask you this, though, because I, I mentioned, you know, do you live in Chicago? And you said Chicago and Seattle. You know, mm-hmm. this this to me, we're in, in a time right now where, as you mentioned, kind of at the beginning when we started talking here, that the the economy right now needs workers bad. We, we need workers in every field, in, in every income level across the board. And my guess is that as you survey Chicago and Seattle, um, you know, it, it's the same there, maybe even worse than the rest of the nation. And yet the reasons for those things, the root causes of not needing money because you, ha- you have so much money being given to you are only going to get worse if we do universal basic income, in my opinion. What do you think about the, the future of cities as far as needing workers goes in relation to universal basic income? Well, I think that, you know, we have to keep in mind cities and people have to innovate. So, uh, you know, I think of guys right now who are getting uh, uh, micro micro lending funds from a great uh, program down on the southeast side of Chicago uh, through the Chicago Neighborhoods Initiative, black ex-convicts are getting loans of twenty or forty thousand dollars at a pop to buy one or two delivery vans and start uh, delivery services because there are an increasing number of Amazon distribution facilities uh, popping up all over Chicago. Now that's a great job, especially if you're coming out of out of jail. The hours are long. Um, you know, but you can make real money. Here's the thing. In 10 years, it might be drones making those last miles deliveries to consumers of uh, Amazon ordered goods. So that speaks to the need to continue really lifelong learning. You know, you might need to to know how to operate a drone panel. Um, You know, eventually uh, workers in a lot of restaurants and uh uh, retail outlets are going to be replaced with automation. Um, it's, we're already starting to see that in supermarkets. So when I look at a handout 
um, with no direction attached to it, you know, with no stipulation. If they said, hey, if your income is below level X and um, here's, you know, 10 or 20 or $30,000 a year, but you can only use it for professional training at uh, such and such an accredited institute or accredited community college, I would probably be all behind that. Um, That's what equity actually is. It's an investment, not a handout. So when I look at the kinds of jobs we're going to need people for, more and more it's going to be higher level stuff. Uh, And more and more, we need not no strings attached handouts, but directed, focused spending to raise the level of skills. And, you know, I won't go into it now because we probably don't have time. But when you look at the performance data for K-12 students in all of your major big U.S. cities at the public schools, it's utterly miserable. They're not meeting the standards on uh, the National Assessment for Educational Progress, a very important test for fourth and eighth graders, math and reading. Uh, Notice the nation's report card, nor are they meeting the state level standards uh, of, you know, the equivalent of a C grade on the SATs. In other words, you've got three quarters to four fifths of students not making the grade and with uh, minority students, it's it's four fifths or, or less who are not making the grade in your core subjects. So that kind of stuff cannot be considered apart from stuff like UBI. You know, we're yeah. not covering the basics. We're kind of jumping to the uh, to Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's just just not a smart way to do business as government. And as, and as you mentioned, you know, that government spending on education is not <laughs> producing the results we'd like. So I question whether government spending even in a lot of these programs would, would do the same thing. Matt Rosenberg is the author of What Next Chicago? Notes of a Pissed Off Native Son. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Where do you suggest people get the book if they want to read about it? Thank you for asking. It's uh It's print-on-demand, so paperback online only at either Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. They just go to either site and enter What Next Chicago in the search box. Sounds good. Thank you, Matt Rosenberg. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 